0: At the last service, I was talking for like 10 minutes, and they said, I don't think you are mic'd. And so I had to start over again. And uh, I, spo- I spoke for about uh, three hours, so it was <clears throat> difficult to get in for you guys, and I apologize for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, several years ago, uh, Janie and I, as we were planting uh, churches, we planted a number of churches over the years, actually, five. And uh, one is considered a kind of a crazy, uh, idiotic thing to do, but we planted five. And uh, so we went to our, uh, I guess, third, fourth, fourth church in Cincinnati. Uh, we had uh, been involved with a initial church plant on the west side of L.A. with a, a guy named Ken Gullickson, and Ken has this uh, incredible ability to uh, gather people. He uh, had... Uh, Really, an ability to attract uh, celebrities, uh, music people, actors, etc. On his uh, first Sunday in the uh, Westwood, West LA area, he had 200 people, and they were of that uh, sort. Uh, I, when I we first got there, I looked around. I identified uh, several people. Um, one of the guys was from the Eagles, and I said, You know, you look just like so and so. I knew his name, and I said it from the Eagles. And he said, That's because I am from the Eagles. And uh, our, our worship band was the bass player from the Birds. It was this guy from the Eagles. It was, uh, I'll say one guy's name, T. Burnett, if you know music a little bit. He's won several Emmys, uh, or Grammys, I'm sorry. Uh, and it goes on from there. But anyway, uh, it was just an amazing, amazing place uh, and worship, et cetera. After two years, we had a bit over 2,000 people. And so left from there, went to Oslo, Norway, to plant a church. I speak Norwegian. Janie learned uh, Norwegian uh, fairly well. But uh, anyway, it was difficult to break through. Uh, they, they call those kinds of church plants, where you don't have any context, they call them uh, parachute drops where uh, the, the, the dad comes with a big parachute, the wife has a smaller parachute, the kids have, you know, very small parachutes. The dog has a itsy bitsy parachute. And uh, <laughs> you come in with uh, minimal financing in the vineyard, uh, that, which is the group we've been a part of. And uh, you learn to meet people. I went down to McDonald's, started hanging out, drinking coffee with people, et cetera, et cetera. And after a year, we had about 80 people, which is uh, really looking back now is phenomenal. But at the time, I felt like an absolute, utter uh, failure. And uh, so uh, incredibly, incredibly, incredibly uh, just uh, felt washed up, etc. Came back after a year, realized really that we needed about eight people that spoke fluent Norwegian that really got the vision. And so I had some difficulties getting a, a visa. Instead of fighting it, we came back. Uh, that whole group became a, a larger uh, church uh, of about a 1,000 after a couple of years, which is very cool, etc. Came to Cincinnati after about two years. Uh, Jeannie calls it hard scrabble, which is a pretty good uh, description. Had about 37, 40 people after two years, which, if you do the math on that, is about twice as hard as uh, Oslo, Norway. So, and I speak English fairly well. So, anyway, uh, got there and uh, had three part-time jobs to cover our And kind of make uh, body and soul together, I call it. And so um, one of my jobs was to be a a bus driver. And uh, woke up early in the morning and uh, went back in the afternoon, met people between and told them our story. And many of them said, that'll never work. Go back to California where you're from. And uh, uh, I said, I've been thinking about it. I appreciate the counsel. And so uh, one morning, I'm driving my school bus at uh, 530, uh, you know, at, at 5.30 in the morning when it's about 40 below, no kidding, 40 below, your uh, tires on your, uh, not radial, but your nylon tires on your bus make a sound because they're, they're flat uh, until you drive a couple of miles. Uh, friction begins to make them round. You're going to dun da dun da dun dun which uh, you think they're flat at first, but they're not. And uh, so I'm driving along and kind of complaining to the Lord, and I say, God, there has to be a more lucrative way to be miserable. And... Uh, <laughs> That, that kind of jump-starts uh, the Holy Spirit to speak to me. I call them uh, flutterbys. There's, you meet uh, older uh, British people, uh, you know, older, older than me, which I you know, I, I, know uh, I look a lot younger than I am. And uh, so I... Uh, and uh, anyway, I'm... Uh, uh, actually, I look a lot younger than I am. But uh, anyway, I said that wrong. But anyway, uh, I, I'm driving along... Um, and uh, I am. I, I hear the, the Lord say a, a flutterby, which is the older British word for butterfly, a flutterby. And if you're kind of you know looking part time or part of the way, you'll see a, a flutterby happen. And I saw this flutterby. And uh, what I understood at that moment was, um, if you'll open your lives to uh, nobody, nobody who who anybody else wants. I'll give you the people that everybody wants. Did you catch that? If you'll open your lives to the people that nobody else wants, I'll give you the people that everybody wants. And uh, so I came back and told Janie that, and she said, I think that's a true word from the Lord. And so we went back and began to read about the people that nobody wants. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Began to go back, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And specifically, especially read the the words in, in red, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Then we pa- ca- covered it for about the fifth time. Went back to the sixth time. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And uh, began to pray, Lord, uh, you know, from the north, the south, the east, and the west, we, we pray that you would give us the the people that are the ones that nobody else wants. And uh, actually, twice, um, I, I felt like the Lord popped in my head a an address. You know, God gives you addresses sometimes, that chapter and the verse, uh, from Ezekiel and also from... Isaiah looked it up. Interestingly, I think they're inspired addresses. And both of them were specifically talking about the, the dead coming back to life and the bones coming back to life. And one of them was from Ezekiel. The other one was from Isaiah. Interestingly, has that ever happened to you? You'll get the address, you look it up, and it's an inspired verse. One of them was talking about the, the bones coming back to life. The other one was talking about the bones coming back to life. And it was a specific verse and chapter. And... Uh, I felt like I think we're on track with something here, Janie. So we began to pray, God, let the bones come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And we had been meeting. Again, we started meeting in a a, uh, square dancing hall, which was kind of funny. And I could go on about that one where the, the square dancing guy told us we couldn't have anybody wear high heels the transvestites included, and so we uh, had to stand at the door, no high heels, I'm sorry, uh, you know, and so forth, and uh, I think Janie was the one to tell people that no high heels and so forth, we love you, we welcome you, but no high heels, and, you know, and so we, we, uh, we, we did that, and, uh, you know, for, we went from 40 to about 100 as we began to pray, you know, as welcoming prayers, and then we began to see from 100 to about 200, went to two services, went to three services. One of my friends who's a, a therapist began to come because he heard what was going on. He said, you know, Steve, you have about a, a one heal person to about a 17 uh, broken unhealed people ratio. What are you gonna do about that? He sa- I said, we're gonna keep on praying. A one healed person to about a 17 broken person uh, ratio. And he goes, that's out of control. And I said, ain't it great? <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And so, began to pray that. And so, that's kind of the way we started. The funny thing is, we grew to about 500. We, we moved from there to a, a school down the street and got to about 500. And the, the, the atmosphere was so filled and so permeated with the presence of the Spirit. Guess what happened? The so-called together people began to show up. Because they sensed the presence and the swirl of the Holy Spirit. But the people who showed up were the ones that wore the Dockers and the Penny Loafers. You get it here? Sometimes the the friends of the broken people. And uh, I had a person come up to me and and put their finger in my sternum and say, a word from the Lord, beware of Volvo station wagons. (laughs) A four-word prophecy. You get that? Beware of volvo station wagons and you see i drove a used volvo station at the my at the point of that my life at the point it had nothing to do with cars you get the point there it had to do with the penny loafer for people taking over the church and killing the spirit of what was going on it had nothing to do with cars you know again i drove i think it had to do he had no idea what my car was it had to do with people taking over the church that wanted to rule and help you, quote-unquote, help you. I can help you. <laughs> I can help you. I got a few bucks. I can help you. And we resisted that till we had several thousand people, and they kept coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. And so, I drink water. I don't know if you do or not, but uh, I get dry mouth sometimes. I have some dry mouth spray here. And, uh, and so, it began to happen that way. So, cool things. Let me jump into my message. That was just kind of an intro. You thought that was part of the message, but... <laughs> So anyway, here's the the deal. I've had uh, some problems. I'm going to talk about that momentarily here that has to do a bit with uh, Larry, uh, your pastor Larry. Uh, I have uh, vertigo. I had some major physical problems that happened a few years ago and then some ancillary problems that have, you know, to do with that recently. Uh, among other things that have happened um, since then, i uh, have had vertigo problems and uh, the other day uh, they, they don 't know how to what to, to call it exactly but i 've had I think they call it uh, uh, persistent vertigo is the word they use and uh, so it hits me every once in a while and I, I you know interestingly, when I go to talk at a place, it hits me what do you call that? I think some kind of a, a spiritual thing uh, and today I got up and I felt uh, super vertigo and uh, i 'm not sure what to call that, but I spoke a few weeks ago in Washington State, and it happened again, and so a couple of people prayed for me, and I feel uh, better now and so forth so uh, we 're going to go dancing later on but uh, as I was at home as I was at home uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I was going to move a desk all by myself. Hello, and uh, we have three flights of stairs at our house i thought uh, i 'm going to move this desk. Um, it's a cold desk and so forth. It's very heavy. And uh, Janie said, don't you think I should help you? Better yet, we should get three friends to help you that were guys. And I said, I don't need no help. And uh, went down the first, second, uh, about three-fourths of the way down the third flight. And I was at three steps away from the third flight. I thought, I'm just going to let gravity take over. And I'm going to jump up and uh, let it take over and so forth. Well, here's what happened. Um, uh, there you go. They call that, actually, I I thought a compound fracture was when it goes through your skin. This is actually what happens when it it breaks together. And then, I don't know what they call it when it goes through your skin. But anyway, here's what happened. And what we're going to do is take an offering later on for the Steve Sjogren Reality Therapy Fund. (laughs) And uh, so, if you don't mind, uh, and it's a psychological counseling thing. Anyway, um, uh, it's kind of crazy, I know. But... uh, Uh, So uh, the the EMT showed up, I'm screaming and uh, I know you guys don't know me very well but uh, uh, my go-to, you know, out of control word is the S word. Four letters. And uh, I I began to scream at the top of my lungs in the basement uh, to Janie. I probably said it literally, no kidding, 300 times. and. as the EMTs are loading me onto this chair, and I'm, I'm bended over, and I've got two elbows. One here, one here, and then a, a corner here. And uh, the EMT showed up very quickly, which is great. And there, actually one of the EMTs who wasn't there is a very good friend of mine. He goes to this church that I was uh, pastoring at the time, which I'm no longer pastoring there. But anyway, he wasn't there. They're all good friends of his. And aren't you the pastor of that church? And you're using the S word? and. Uh, <laughs> and uh so anyway uh so he okay you're gonna be praying for me any second now but anyway uh I must have said it again 300 times or whatever and uh uh they said yeah they're talking to the uh the guy at the hospital a good buddy and you know he's uh, definitely got a humorous break and uh, they said we're gonna set you up on a chair and put you on a uh, you know, stretcher or whatever and And I I said, I don't think that's going to happen. They said, we're going to give you some powerful morphine. I said, that's still not going to happen. And so uh, they did, and I fainted twice, Janie said. I did one of these things and woke up twice and, you know. And uh, so they gave me some powerful morphine, did not help. And uh, so uh, they went from that. uh, I've been taking some more powerful morphine sulfate, uh, lots of oxycodone. And uh, so now they're actually at a point where the next level is uh, the Three Stooges therapy. And... uh, the guys love it. The girls are going, I don't think that's funny. But uh, who, uh, guys, are you more into curly or shimp? That's kind of the, ther- the, the controversy. Shimp, I'm kind of more of a shimp guy. The guys, we can talk afterwards. We can have a little shimp guys over here, curly guys over here. But... Uh, Anyway, that, the the you know the thing is you whack him on the head and you go like this and fall backwards with the sound the, the the sound effect you know, and so that's the next step is the the, the three stooges therapy and uh, you know because I can't be controlled I still have a lot of pain and so forth so the at the end we'll take a, a special offering for the uh, the, the re, you know the reality therapy of Steve Sugar okay let's go on. Um, uh, And uh, let me just, uh, let me jump into the message here. That was all, you know, for free. That wasn't part of the message. And so, um, you know, um, when I was uh, at the beginning of this whole thing, uh, I was, I'm going to give you a real message, three points and so forth, uh, that uh, I had this uh, near death. I'm not sure what, when they call it a near death, the implication is that you almost died. But when you actually positively indebitably you know it's kind of the line from the the uh the uh, what's the, the movie uh the wizard of Oz. thank you jane uh and they they use all these adjectives uh, you know about the wicked witch and the thing on her on her she's got the the house on her and they said undeniably positively so forth and so forth they're reading this document uh, you know I, when you actually do die for about nine minutes I think you actually die and so that happened to me and uh, I, I think that uh, it's kinda strange I uh, was there uh, totally absolutely dead and I know it's cliche to talk about you know what happened and, but really honestly I did see myself from the top down I really did die I saw myself uh, white as a sheet uh, I was about 30 over 10. That was my blood pressure for an hour and 15. They, they said, you know, there's no way you can have amazing neurological damage at 30 over 10. Some of you medical people know what that is. 120 over 80 is considered a, a normal blood pressure. If you go way, 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 way down at 30 over 10, that's, there's no way you can be normal again, which, uh, again, they're checking on that. But, uh, uh, <laughs> I had lots of tests on to me—the right hand, left hand—and I still have, you know, depth perception problems. Janie won't let me drive; if she's in the car, and uh, I've had a number of uh, little fender bender wrecks—nothing big—but we've had a number. Our insurance uh, rates are quite high, and uh, so I, I, you know, I'm serious. Janie won't let me drive when she's in the car, and. Uh, uh, So I'm seriously. I I almost rarely don't. I rarely drive myself, and uh, I can't see depths very well. My left hand is kind of strange and doesn't work quite well. And so, uh, but but what it comes down to is, is I'm up there looking down. uh, You know, I I I see things going on. I uh, see. uh, I hear the uh, uh, Leonard Skinner songs playing. Uh, I uh, I'm not kidding. (laughs) Uh, and they has, have a number of uh, lyrics about death and so forth. Um, and uh, it sounds, again, a little strange, but uh, I, I hear them calling out for a number of uh, units, uh, like uh, about three or four uh, complete uh, you know, units of blood that would be able to trans, uh, transfer your body, way more than the ability to absorb the amount of blood that your, your body can hold. And I, I hear the, the amount of blood that they're talking about. And then I, I hear him say, be positive. I had no idea I was be positive. I see an Asian guy uh, holding uh, my uh, aorta together. It was not completely severed, but there were several points to it that were, that were poked. Poked, that's a really bad idea to poke your aorta. It was shooting blood, not to get too specific. I spoke in England one time, and they're actually, I'm serious, they were, you know, Going out and lying on the floor, and the pastor got really mad. And I said, I talk about this in you know America all the time. And he goes, but we're England, you know, you know. Anyways, you know, whatever. And uh, so, what were you thinking? And I said, you know, you guys are different. And so uh, he was doing that, and so uh, not to get any more specific, but as he's doing that, this um, he had a face thing on. I, I see him later. His child went to the school. My child went to my daughter' high school, and I said, you know, you were the guy at this. Uh, high school, uh, you were holding my, my aorta together. And he says, but you were dead. And I said, but you were the, weren't you the doctor this whole again?" Yeah, but you were dead. I said a third time, and he turns and walks away. Even though he's a Christian, he has no capacity to understand a, uh, a medical fact that interrupts his doctoral uh, linear mind. Y- you with me here? It-, it was incredibly interesting. Here's what's going on here. Uh, Jesus said he brought to bring the, he can bring the kingdom of God, which is, uh, if you want to get down to it, there's, you know, different ways to describe the kingdom of God. You know, really, it's something that goes in, in circles. Really, is a pretty good way to look at it. But the, uh, when this guy, this doctor is talking, he was talking about a linear line versus a circular vision of reality. And another way to, to, put, to put it is Jesus came with a, a, a circular vision of reality. And the kingdom of God is a circular, a swirl of reality. Uh, and really, that's what the, the New Testament uh, is is based on, the, those guys who got the kingdom of God. And Jesus was always having gigantic difficulties with those guys, I, i.e., the, the, uh, the Pharisees. Uh, and they came along with a, uh, a uh, vertical uh, or a uh, linear view of, the, of reality. And so he had difficulty with those guys. You know, he loved them, but at the same time, if they were going to be a part of the kingdom, they had to be converted to this circular swirl of reality. And numbers of them became Christians in the end, and so they had to begin to think differently. And so uh, there was a gigantic uh, challenge for them. And so this, this doctor, he was uh, one who uh, wanted to, I think, uh, swim in the, the pool of uh, the kingdom of God, but it was very difficult for him. And, and I think it's difficult for many of us, because we work in certain jobs and so forth that they're it, it based on, on this versus this. And so we've, we've got to uh, be, I, I think, uh, converted to that. And we, we do live in a spiritual world, and uh, more than uh, a non-spiritual world. And and so we've got to uh, be converted. And how many of you know that uh, we live in a spiritual world, uh, a world that is really uh, kind of difficult to describe, other than spiritual? You know, when I had my my uh, deal happen to me, and uh, you know, I uh, one of the things that happened to me was I uh, I was uh, again I, I described it a little bit by looking down, seeing these things happen, and so forth. Um, I I had a something kind of weird happen. I was unable to sleep for three days. And uh, as I uh, was uh, with a tube down my throat, what do you call it, a respirator, is it? A ventilator. ventilator, thank you. A ventilator, uh, one of the most, I mean, unbelievably uh, uncomfortable things possible. It wasn't painful, but uh, I don't know if anybody here has had a, a ventilator tube down their throat. Uh, there's only so many days you can do that without causing great uh, damage to various parts of your, your body. It it caused some pain to my body. I had surgery later on to correct the uh, damage that happened to me. Uh, And uh, so what ends up happening is uh, I I was told uh, by this uh, nurse that came into my room. She uh, had a cornrow. uh, uh, She was a black lady. had cornrow, uh, uh, what do you call it, hair. And uh, she had a a rainbow-colored knit uh, sweater. She had a, a white coat on, but it was unbuttoned. It was over here. She had... Uh, jeans on and and white um, kind of uh, tennis shoes and she came in at two exactly I think it was two in the morning three days in a row and she began to give me this uh, this line if you don't sleep you're not going to make it I began to think what does it make it exactly mean and I began to you know meditate to you know whatever that meant and but the, see, the problem was they began to give me these uh, these uh, sleeping medications. And for some reason, it, it, it kept me kind of uh, awake versus falling asleep. And uh, see, the, part of the problem was they had a TV in my room, and I, I'm kind of a persistent TV person. Anybody else like that? And the only channel that worked was the soap opera channel. And uh, uh, the only, again, the only channel, and, and uh, you know... <laughs> I don't mind soap operas, but the only you know thing that worked was Days of Our Lives, and uh, and they kept playing more and more and more of those. And you know, I like a good episode of Days of Our Lives, but after a while, you know, they kept coming and they started replaying episodes, and uh, you know, he she kills somebody, and you know, this affair and so forth. And I'm going, I I know that episode, and so you know, it became crazy after about the second day. And and though I'm you know, and then on top of that, I asked somebody made a, a signal to Janie to to stop and put on a CD. What was the guy they played? Harry Connick, Harry Connick Jr.'s uh, Christmas album. So the third day <laughs> they played that, and uh, you know I, I can't move my arms because they have the stretch you know, nailed down, and I trying to pull things out. They play the and then the nurses come in. They put on on constant. Uh, Repeat and I hear it, no kidding, about 3,000 times. And uh, they're playing the Harry Connick Christmas album. And uh, I I can't, you know, and uh, do these things, and I can't move my head, no. And so it it was unbelievable the Harry Connick Christmas album. And so I don't know how many times you can play that over a 24 hour stretch, but I, I heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it, and so uh. Uh, these nurses put on continual repeat, and uh, they they thought I couldn't hear it for some reason. I don't know what the deal was, but, uh, uh, and when I finally could, they they said I was able to talk and to negotiate. They said, what do you have to say? And I I said what I was going to say, and they said, uh, you know, what do you want to do? And I kind of whispered because my my throat was so messed up, and, you know, I said, give me the CD. And they did, and I broke in about 3,000 pieces, and I threw it (laughs) on the ground. And, uh, so, anyway, spiritual world, you know, I call her the Whoopi girl, Whoopi Goldberg angel. Uh, in the middle of that, again, I'm completely incapable of of, uh, of moving, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I see in the middle of all that these uh, these uh, I, I, I coded again is what happened, and uh, so I'm uh, coding, you know, the uh, the flat line, etc. And in the middle of that, uh, Larry. Kepchinsky shows up. Uh, here's the weird thing, is that uh, he walks in, uh, later on I said, you know, asked him when I was able to talk, I said, how did you get in? He says, I just walked in the back door, and these two uh, white, uh, and well, he didn't say angels at the time, but these two kind of glowing guys, whatever, and uh, you know, they had been, you know, they're, they're, they were using a lot of chlorine in their clothes, and uh, you know, they, they let me in the back door, and then why did you think the back door? He goes, I couldn't get in the front door. And so uh, I don't know why he chose the back door, but anyway, he, they let me in and they escorted me over to, I said, they said, uh, I said, hey, where's Steve Shogarn's room? And he goes, oh, I know where it is. They took him right over there. And, uh, like you were a celebrity or something. I you know, didn't know there was like a number of people in the ICU. And uh, here's his room. They let me over there. And so I walk in there and, uh, hi, hey, Steve, how you doing tonight? Of course, new Larry. And uh, I, I kind of, you know, again, I can't talk. I, my eyes are looking up. And he says, I want to pray for you. He was there for a grand total of like 12 to 15 minutes. And he prays for me right at that moment when I was coding again. And, uh, and, and you know, you code. And then the people show up. And, you know, that, that whole, you know, enormous time probably is the amount of time when you are going to go brain dead again. And you don't want to go brain dead very long because bad things can happen. And so, uh, right in the, the, the middle of all that, I, I hear these words, uh, don't worry, you'll live. Don't worry, you'll live. That would be uh, nice enough to hear from anybody, but for me, it was incredibly Meaningful. I was in high school. I played the part of an Alabama doctor in the play um, uh, Miracle Worker. As I was uh, this Alabama doctor leaning over the bassinet of Helen Keller, my part was to uh, to be the the doctor. My entire acting career boiled down to one line: "Don't worry, she'll live." And uh, yeah. <laughs> with an Alabama accent. As I stood up, that's that it, da-da-da. And so what I heard uh, was, uh, don't worry, you'll live. Don't, not, don't worry, uh, she'll live, but don't worry, you'll live. Hello. Uh, you know, for anybody out of how many billions of people on planet Earth, that would be meaningful to, it was one person in Cincinnati in the ICU. It was meaningful too. Uh, are you with me, of course? It, one single solitary life that would be touched as a pinpoint. How much smaller can you get than a pinpoint? I, I mean, I don't know how small you can get and touch that one life. Don't worry, you'll live. And uh, then Larry shows up and he prays for me. And, uh, and he called life back into my body. I don't recall exactly the words, but obviously he called life into my, my body. Then the ICU people show up, the, whatever they call it, the code whatever. They, you know, they did whatever they're going to do. But I was obviously saved by the prayer that Larry brought. Isn't that cool? How about an applause for that? And uh, I, I later uh, kind of computed what all happened. I said later on when I was able to talk and so forth. I said, "How did you get there?" And he says, "Well, somebody at my church. I, I felt like I should go. And I, you know, don't carry around that kind of cash in my back pocket. So I." told this, one of the guys at the church, he, he uh, paid for the ticket. He paid for the rental of the car. I got up in the morning, and the guy paid for the ticket. I flew out to Cincinnati. I uh, rented a car. I drove to the hospital, uh, and I, I drove uh, uh, back. I flew home. Do you have any idea what a ticket like that would cost? It's well over $1,000. I don't know, you know, today how much it would cost. It was 15, 14 years ago my word. You guys are incredible. That one Not just that one person, but the spirit of this church is unbelievably generous, you know, unbelievably generous. That's hit it out of the ballpark generous. Wow, my word. And uh, so, I get a little emotional. I've told that story numbers of times, but I, I get, sometimes I break down crying. Right now, I guess I'm whatever. Operating under the uh, influence of caffeine quite a bit, so um, <laughs> as as my friend Lonnie Frisbee would say, I'm uh, properly caffeinated. So, um, so uh, anyway, it's uh, amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. And those two guys, by the way, uh, were uh, asked as he went out the door. He said, they said, "Why are you here?" And he said, "These two guys let me in the back door." And they said, "Well, there aren't two guys for starters. Uh, Nobody is let in the back door." and uh, if they were, they'd be canned right on the spot. He had to walk out another door. And they said, tell us again about the two guys, whatever. And uh, here's the point, I mean, you with me here? You know, angel whoopee and angel two guys, uh, you know, number one, number two. Uh, (laughs) One one more point there, by the way. I saw, as as Larry was standing here, I saw one, two, three, four people, they were opaque. They were standing there and they were, uh, interestingly, Uh, I could see through them, opaque. They had their, they're holding their hands. They were in a position of prayer. And as they, uh, uh, position of prayer, they had their heads bowed. They were praying for me, I would say. And as I looked at them, I knew their story. Uh, Anybody here intuitive? I think when you're in the spiritual world, you're in the, in the spiritual world. You're circular versus linear. You can see things in the spirit. Make sense to you guys? You Ever meet somebody and you know their story? You shake their hand, you know their story. And, uh. What happens is uh, uh, they looked at me, and uh, the, I was looking at them. I knew this guy was 19. He was killed in a car wreck last night. His uh, father is the pastor of Pentecostal Church, blah, blah, blah. All four of them. I knew their age. I knew it's part of the, the trauma unit they, they had died in. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, as I came to uh, later, I, I asked the uh, nurse in charge, and she said, well, we're not able to reveal that information. My mom, who was kind of a how would you call her, Jania? Uh, she kind of meddles. You know, she was there. And uh, she found out the information, and it was dead on. It was exactly right. And, uh, you know, she doesn't have to be encouraged to find out. She just finds out somehow. She needles. And uh, she's uh, four foot eleven, and uh, kind of a stinker. And, uh, you know, she just, she just finds out, and it was exactly right each time. And, uh, you know, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, you know. How do you like them beans? Okay. Uh, second and third point, very quickly here. Uh, God heals dot, 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 gradually. God heals gradually. You know, that drives me crazy about God. I wish he, gra- he healed quickly. Uh, but it drives me nuts. Uh, capital N-U-T-S. Uh, you know, I. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, uh, I planted... Apollos watered, but it was God who brought the harvest. Plant, water, harvest, plant, water, harvest, plant, water, harvest. And then the way that it really works more often than not is plant, water, plant, water, plant, water, ellipsis, dot, 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 harvest. You go back and you diligently plant, water, plant, water, plant, water, harvest. And, uh, you know, they just, you know, I wish that God didn't work that way. And if it worked, plant, water, and no delay, harvest, I could live with that one. But uh, cotton picking, God, you know, what is that all about? You know, I, I just wish that He could do it right. You know, He doesn't do it right most of the time, and He, you know, I, I just wish that He, He could. My word, God, who trained you? You know, and uh, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I just. Yeah, Lee. And, uh, you know, I, you know, most of, almost everything in life is gradual. It, it's, you know, it's weird that way. Uh, and, uh, I, I've seen that, uh, I'm, I'm writing a, a new book right now. Somebody said, how many books have you written? I went on, on Amazon and this keeps on going page after page after page. And I go, I have no idea how many page, books I've written. Now I just stopped taking, you know, uh, you know, tally on them. I, I would written a number of books and, uh, so some are in Spanish, and some are out of print, and da da da, I, you know, I just don't even know. So don't even worry about it. And now we're gonna start, my friend Charlie Ware is back there, we're gonna start doing ebooks now. And so it'll get completely, you know, you know discombobulated, out of control. So I don't even know, it's a lot. It's like over 10, something like that. But anyway, uh, we're gonna start doing ebooks books here pretty soon. But I I, I know that in, in all these books that there's uh, different aspects of uh, of kindness, of uh, gradualness, this and that. But in my new book, which I'm very excited about with Thomas Nelson, uh, I, I love this, this thing that God has uh, blessed us with that we have gotten to connect with Thomas Nelson. It's a gigantic publisher. We're writing a, I think it's uh, maybe the most significant book we've written. It's a book about kindness that is absolutely positively focused on the, uh, the, the general public about kindness. And, uh, and it's, uh, the, the title is Kindness, subtitle, uh, The Force That Changes the World. You like that? The Force That Changes the World. And, uh, and I think a, a big part of it is that uh, we, we look at this idea that uh, God is uh, God who is able to do something uh, gradually in, in all of our lives. And if we insist that something happens knee-jerk right away, then we're going to be disappointed. But, but God is, is somebody who, who works in all of our lives. He, he meddles. He gets in some, involved in something that's going to change uh, others and even our lives as we do something gradually. And, and I can tell you so many stories of, of people we've been involved with that, that you know, we, we plant a seed and something begins to happen gradually. And you never can tell what happens later. We, we hear stories later on. And I get asked so many times, what happened right next week? And I'm going. You know, why do you ask so many dumb questions? You know, here here's an example. Uh, we've uh, gone to Burning Man a number of times. Anybody heard of Burning Man, north of Reno? One person. Thank you very much. And uh, and uh, it's kind of a, of a, an arts festival. Would you call it that? And anybody been to Burning? Man? Have you been to Burning Man? Or Would you admit it in public? I I don't know, but uh, it's about uh, 30 to 50,000, depending on the year. And uh, we've gone out there, and I'll just say, look at burningman.org, I think it is, and you can see what it is specifically, and I'm not going to describe anything further than that. But uh, we've gone out there, and it's an interesting culture. Uh, You can't uh, buy or sell anything. You have to give it away. So we've gone out there and given away uh, about 30,000 bottles of water to show uh, God's love in a practical way. It's kind of cool. Now, to give away 30,000 bottles of water is something of a um, uh, thing to kind of get organized. And uh, have have done that, and done that several years uh, over the last uh, five or so. Uh, And then on top of that, we've recently done uh, uh, dream interpretation. Kind of fun, would you say? And we've been uh, trained in biblical dream interpretation, which is kind of fun. Because there are lots of dreams that are biblical. And if you look at uh, some of the stories in Scripture, like when Joseph and Mary and Jesus early on were being led by the Holy Spirit, they had to be uh, led by dreams. If they hadn't been led by dreams, uh, the whole thing would have been creamed early on. And so the, the Spirit spoke to, to Matthew, I, th- I think three times specifically, or, or the whole thing would have, that would have been the end of uh, the, the story. And so uh, we, we had a dream interpretation. Interesting, we would have a, a block line you know, people showing up to have their dreams interpreted. And it said biblical dream interpretation. Then we had another line to get water. We, we walked around the whole place, gave away 30,000 bottles of water. Had about 12 to 15, depending on the year, people going out with us. You have to kind of dress strange to be loved. And we had, you know, neon wigs and all sorts of stuff. And it was, it was a blast. And so, of, of course, I didn't look like that. I looked very conventional. But... Uh, kidding. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, they would say, what's a biblical dream interpretation? We'd say, it means we're, we're practicing. <laughs> and so, uh, we, here's one of the really interesting things. We, we had a lot of, the two most common dreams were zombie chasing dreams. Isn't that interesting? And that's kind of fun, you know, with the, the current culture, zombie chasing dreams. And uh, we would, this is what we felt, we felt was the correct interpretation, which we got as we were being trained by people that were uh, very uh, deep uh, veteran dream interpreters who were Christians. It's not so much a negative run away from, but it was a run toward the destiny of God, the positive destiny that God has for you. Sounds, does it sound kind of neat? Running from zombies and vampires and monsters and so forth. That is a dream of running toward the positive destiny that God has for you. I like that, don't you? When you hear a friend say that, here's the second most common dream we had. We had a lot of these too. I see a man standing before me, who's dressed in white, that glows. He has hair down to his shoulders. His hands are stretched out, the whole thing glows. He says to me this, common, common dream. Sometimes two people in a row would say the same thing. They didn't know each other, they'd say this. Come to me, you who are weak, And heavy-laden and I will give you rest Wow Wowzers boom bada bing what do you think that means they would say well uh, read these verses come to me you are weak and heavy-laden I will give you rest and uh, then they would use the s-word blankety-blank Wow and they didn't even fall down and break their elbow. <laughs> My word. And then we get from Christians, so then how'd you follow up? We'd say the way Jesus did. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit would follow up on them. The Holy Spirit would follow up on them. And they say, well, you better do a better job than that. Well, we, what do they want us to do? The, the uh, you know, the, the Mission Impossible way? The, the $100,000 way, you know, we you have a little mic on them, a little spray thing has yellow on their shoulder. And, you know, when they, they're about to enter their driveway, you know, we come up, you know, 10 minutes later knocking their door. and You know, uh, hi, you know, we we're just wondering if uh, you'd like to talk about Jesus a little bit. How did you know? You know, <laughs> you, know you can't do that. You, you cannot do that. You know, the Holy Spirit can follow up on them. You, you with me here, folks? You think God is big enough, the way Jesus saw it, to follow up on them? I have a feeling, just possibly, I got this theory that the Holy Spirit might just be able to follow up on them. A theory, but did I read that in a Hallmark card or was it in the Bible? I keep getting them confused. Okay. And then lastly, very quickly, I'm buried to land, I see a little bit of fog in the runway, but if you let me just clear the fog, I think we'll be able to run here. Just just one second. Success works backward. Success works backward. All success works backward. It all works backward. It's kind of like this. Again, uh, I I wish that it all would work forward. It was very easy to see, but it's kind of like a, you know, I like to call it ready, fire, aim. You heard that one, ready, fire, aim. I personally prefer fire, fire, fire. I person, I mean, that's the way I look at it, fire, fire, fire. I actually, at the place I used to to do uh, gun shooting, and of course I never again would shoot guns because that's wow, that's a horrible negative, very bad thing, and I, you know, I would never do that again. But the place, what was it called, the uh, Target World? Every year, uh, just before uh, Valentine's Day, because that was the, the time of year when uh, Al Capone did his bad, evil stuff. Uh, they would open it up to people to shoot machine guns for free. And so you just bring the ammo, and then you can shoot for free. And so I would bring a whole gigantic box of ammo. They let you shoot for free. And so I, I got the, uh, the fun thing of shooting uh, machine guns. And, uh, of course, I would never in a million years do it again, because that was really bad. And so, but I hyperbole... Irony. Okay. Then I, I went down there, and I shot uh, a, sh- a machine gun, lots of deals. And it, you, know, you know what I figured out? Is when you shoot those things, these movies are completely, it's fabricated. When you hold one like this, it goes, Ding, it hits the ceiling every time. Fire, fire, fire. You know, all these movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, they barely have enough powder to make it shoot. It was completely low-grade uh, bullets. Sometimes it shoots two. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. It's insane to the membrane. You know, you cannot hold two. It's ridiculous. You know, you shoot one, it goes like this. (laughs) Again, fire, fire, fire. You know, you you cannot do that. Here's how it usually works. Ready, aim, ready, aim, ready, aim. That's reality. Ready, aim, ready, aim. Eventually, you get to fire. Ready, aim, ready, aim. get to fire, you know, in the end. That's the way reality works. We ought not to, uh, I think, poo-poo that. Ready, aim, ready, aim. We get to fire. It really is a dyslexic, stuttering, firing squad. You can think on that one. (laughs) Dyslexic, stuttering, firing squad. Ready, aim, ready, aim. You get to fire eventually. I used to make fun of that, but I think that's the way that really works. You get to fire eventually. Let's just not never get to fire. And again, the way I used to work was fire, fire, fire. That does not work. That's a little bit nutty. You're going to end up doing something wacky like that. Again, I would never do that ever again. <laughs> okay, but, uh, you know, so let's just, you know, you know, realize that's what it is. All success works backward. Last point. Uh, I think that one of the very worst prayers that we could ever in a million years pray is something along this line. God, make me humble. It's right up there with God, make me patient. That is the dumbest prayer. I hope you've never prayed that. If you have, you're about to live about a year of God-awful, horrible stuff. Horrible, terrible, no good, very bad stuff. And uh, the, the second worst prayer to pray is God make me humble. And I just read a couple of amazing books in the last year. St. John on the Cross wrote a, book, wrote a book called Dark Night of the Soul. It's actually, I don't know who, who, who termed that book but it's actually a very positive book. Another one was called uh, uh, Castles, Interior Castles. Both very worth reading. And I think they're free, actually, on Kindle. If you have a Kindle, worth getting for free, or 99 cents. Uh, They're they're very positive books. They're both about humility. I've read and reread those books maybe two, maybe even three times. They're both about humility. And uh, they're written about probably 1,400, 1,500 uh, uh, years. And... uh, very worth reading. Here's, here's a little point. Don't pray, God, make me humble. Pray this, God, give me the gift of humility. That is a much better, much more powerful, much more intelligent way to pray. God, give me the gift of humility. Begin to pray that prayer, and some really positive, powerful things will begin to happen in your life. God, give me the gift of humility. I think it'll be unleashed in your life. And some really, you'll begin to hear the Spirit. You'll begin to hear what God is doing. And some amazing things will begin to happen. Just uh, about two, three years ago, I began to see in the Spirit like I've never seen. God said, pray 10-second prayers over people. It's, It's not one more thing to do. How many have enough things to do in their life? I have more than enough things to do in my life. I don't need one more thing to do in my life. I'm booked. It's like my funnel is overflowing, <laughs> you know, my cup runneth over, oh yeah, I have, I don't need any more things to do, but uh, God spoke to me one day, he said, he said, uh, be, would you be open to one, open to 10 second prayers in people's lives, and I, I thought, you know, Jesus prayed, you know, less than 10 seconds, usually they were stand and walk, you know, <laughs> come out, <laughs> you know, those kinds of prayers, but he, he spent time with the Father, you know, I, I do, I hope you do too, but then he, he would do 10-second prayers. That's kind of cool, 10-second prayers. And so I'll be walking along, and I'll, I'll just sense. Again, I'll be sensing like you do, sensing the invitations of the Father, and, and some cool things happen. And, uh, you, you know, I, I got one yesterday. I was down at, what was the place called, the mall here? Uh, Victoria, Garden. Victoria Garden. You ever been there? Okay. Maybe, okay. It's about three minutes from here. Okay, and... Uh, I'm walking along. I, I see this place. They have parking meters there. What's that all about? You go into the mall. You have to pay a parking meter. I mean, it's kind of you know, disturbing to people want to shop down there. It's like you know, for the for for the privilege of spending your money, you have to pay 25 cents, a dollar fifty, what? You know, hello. And so, we're walking along. I I walk into this uh, this place uh, a, a a phone cover place. Uh, I didn't think I needed a phone cover until I saw the phone covers. I thought, I need one now. And so I, I walk into this place, and I see this guy, and I knew I needed to, to pray a 10-second prayer of the guy. His name was Jose or some Hispanic name, and I, I got the 10-second prayer, and I knew what it was, and I actually did need a, a, a cover. So I walk in there as I'm talking to the guy. He has several, you know, new age things. He says, you know, the bright cover cases that, those are kinds of people that don't what's your birthday and i'm going what? so i had this 10 second prayer and he says a couple of things and the prayer was to I, I got was uh you know tell him lord i i pray that the greatest aspirations his mother has for him would become true and so he begins to tell me all this stuff and it was amazing he didn't say that about his life but he said this and this is not working my life very well it was amazing and so I, I said, hey, Jose, could I, I already bought the, the case. I said, may I pray for 10 seconds for you? And he looks at me. If you, pray, if you say pray, it's too scary, too open-ended. They might think you're going to start yelling or something. Can I pray for you for 10 seconds? He goes, yeah. You know, he looks around, any customers? No, 10 right, seconds. And I put my hand on his arm. Again, I didn't see any pictures, which I sometimes see. Or I didn't get any verses, which I sometimes get. But I said, I didn't say Jesus, I said God. God, would you, uh, would you give, uh, would you answer, would you answer uh, the, the prayers that his mother's prayed over him over the years? Would you let her highest wishes be fulfilled in Jose's life? Uh, uh, I didn't say in Jesus, because I, I thought that might be a little too risky. Uh, I thank you, God. Amen. I look up, his eyes are watery, one little tear coming down. And uh, who are you? Uh, where'd you come from? Uh, you know, those things they say. I got lots of stories along those lines. I won't tell any more because the fog is cleared. I need to land. So, 10-second prayers. Kind of fun stuff. Take a risk. And that's not one more thing to do. That's just kind of a fun thing. That's a That's a kick. And if they ask, if it, if it goes sideways, you with me here? And they go, who are you? You say, I'm a Mormon. <laughs> How's that one? You know, <laughs> I'll have Elder Bob come back and visit you. How's that? You know. So, would you put your hands out, just palm up, for a second? Let me just pray for you, just for a second here. And uh, Jesus, would you come right now in my life? Would you come and give me just a an impartation? of your spirit, I have more than enough to do. Again, my cup runneth over with maybe too many assignments. But Jesus, I I pray that you would fill me with your presence. I pray that you would fill me again with your calling to love my brothers and my sisters right around here. And I pray, Jesus, that you would Let me know again your love, your love. Let it run through me, let it run through me, Lord, so deep that it would run through me and it would be unmistakable. Change my life, Lord God. Fill my life with your unmistakable presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.
1: I think now you know why I have been wanting him to come and uh, just to share his heart and uh, just looking forward to just uh, more things going on inside of our church that, 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 that meets with this and just words that Steve can have to say to us as a church family and to um, say, Lord, we, we, we really do want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus because f- for many people, you are the only Jesus that they will ever see. You're it. You're it, and being that much in love with Jesus that we can portray His love to them. You know, um, this this morning as as you are in that place, of saying, "You know, God, God, use me, God, use me." Um, however, God, however, use me. Have that faith that God really can use you. You know, quit, quit doubting yourself. And realize that, that, that we are all God's kids. And God wants to use each one of us in a special way. And my, my, my prayer for you is that when, as you held your hand out, for those of you that had a yeah, but mentality, God can use a person next to me, but I really don't think he can use me because I know me. You know, just Lord, you're so powerful that you can even use a person like me. Let God be that powerful in you. I'm going to ask you to stand. and Ask the worship band to come to the front. And as they're coming, I, I want to say you know thank you for your your faithfulness and giving to the church. And as we pass the offering baskets this morning, I I'm going to ask you to give boldly. I really I'm going to ask you to give boldly. We really want to 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 bless Steve in a, in a great way. Um, and uh, your your giving is going to to make that possible. Your your giving to to Steve is going to be able to to keep that ministry that is so important, to keep it on the, on the, on the road, to keep it bringing hope to hopeless people. You know, there are, a lot, there are a lot more people like Jose that he talked about. There's a lot more like him that, that we need to have the eyes to see. And so, as, as you give, understand that you are, you are investing in the kingdom of God. You're investing in the kingdom of God. You're you're not you're not dropping an an admission fee into a basket. You're giving this to God and you're saying, God, use this. This money represents X amount of hours of my life. And so, God, use this. That this incredible message of a of a God who who created us and still wants to be involved in our lives this incredible message can, can, can be strong and alive and powerful so Father this morning I, I pray your blessings on everyone here Father as they invest in your kingdom today I pray that you would go before them and encourage them Father open doors that have been closed God open our eyes that have, that have been closed God may we see in the spirit world as well and understand what you are doing may we reach out to to a world that's lost and dying and say, God really does care. God really does care. So blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen.